0: Talk Radio
1: Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast in our Scares and Dares episode where we review our favorite horror movie scare of the week and give you the NFL player bets or NFL bets generally that we get to make. And my name is Hakun Wong, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Football Garbage Time, and with me, as always, for our Dears and Dares episode, senior staff writer, Joanne Tom.
0: Hi, everyone.
1: All right, so we got plenty to talk about this week because our brackets are busted. There's uh, nothing left to root for in March Madness. Yeah, I should have know. Who would have known? uh, I mean, no one sees there, and heading into the Final Four looks to be a lot of deep seeds that we've not picked, so... We can focus on football again and horror movies. So that's good for us, good for everybody. Our scare of the week this week is the 2020 movie caveat. And we got plenty to talk about as we talk about our pick, our early pre-draft pick for AFC Division Champs. Um, so, with that said, let's get things rolling. All right, as mentioned, our scare of the week this week, where we'll start, is the 2020 movie, Caveat, streaming on Shudder and AMC+. This movie uh, runs a brisk one hour and 28 minutes, uh, and again, is directed by Damian McCarthy, produced by Justin Hype, written by Damian McCarthy, and was released on streaming uh, in just June of 2021. So again, a brief one hour, brisk one hour, 28 minutes. And as usual, we'll go through a little bit of background about the movie, tell you a little bit how we feel about it, give you our scare meter and our star rating, and then we'll move on from there. But a little bit of background first. So when a uh, lone drifter with uh, partial memory loss, Isaac, played by Jonathan French, accepts a job from his acquaintance and landlord, Mo Barrett, played by Ben Kaplan, to look after his landlord's niece, Olga, played by Leela Sykes. For a few days, it all seems like easy money to him, particularly since Olga is a grown woman. Mo brings, to, brings Isaac to Olga, uh, who lives on a remote island, and Isaac is informed that Olga will occasionally go catatonic, catatonic with little to no warning, which can be very dangerous for her. So Isaac needs to make sure that she stays safe. And there's another significant caveat, and that's uh, maybe the, the meaning of the, uh, the title of the movie he must wear a leather harness and chain that restricts his movements to certain rooms. So this would be a hard pass for me right off the bat. I think you're right there. Don't you think?
0: Yeah. Um, anyone that's going to say like you have to wear a leather harness. Yeah. Attached to a chain. Yep. I'm going to be like, there's not.
1: Yeah. It's saying, Well, and... you know what?
0: It depends on the amount. Like mm-hmm. it's almost like I will give you a million dollars to wear this leather harness mm-hmm. and watch my knees for all. Uh, what was it like? It was
1: like a couple days. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, a few days, days right? Yeah.
0: I mean, would you take the million dollars and wear the harness? No,
1: hard pass. <laughs> hard pass. I'm sorry. The leather harness of the chain, not going to work for me. Anyway, so the point is that it restricts Isaac's ability to move around the house in, into certain rooms. Isaac learns from Mo that Olga's mother actually went missing after locking her husband in the basement, which is Olga's father, and Olga's father then went insane due to extreme claustrophobia, and killed himself. At the house, Isaac also discovers that when lucid, Olga roams around with a crossbow and a strange toy rabbit with human-like glass eyes and a little drum. Uh, once Mo leaves the two of them alone, a game of cat and mouse ensues as Olga displays continually worse psychological issues. With Isaac trapped and at the mercy of Olga, he begins to discover secrets in the house that coincide with the terrifying resurgence of his own lost memory. Okay, so lots to unpack there, but I don't want to go any further because there are a couple surprises in the movie, and there is a twist, of course, uh, like there are often is in these movies. But let me just start by asking you, Joanne, what did you think of this movie? Caveat.
0: Uh, I liked it. Yep. I liked that it was uh, fairly short. Mm-hmm. And it the movie really just kept uh, moving. There wasn't really any lulls. Uh, because it went from you meeting the two characters. Um,
1: Isaac and Olga? Or, or are you talking about Moe? Mo, the, Mo yeah.
0: the guy that hired yep. him and Isaac. And then he just goes immediately to the island. And then he tells him you have to wear this harness. Yeah. And he's like, no. Right. But then, like, he dangles the money in front of him. And right. now he's put in a position because he offered it to him because he knows he needs the money yes
1: right right and, right. and it's just to, to be clear mm-hmm. he he is a drifter that has no memory so was he,
0: wasn't he
1: in prison uh it's unclear if he was in uh jail or anything but they just basically said he is a drifter yes
0: but there is a caveat why he specifically asked him not just because he needed the money but there is another reason
1: of course which was, but really, part, part of away. the twist yeah right? but I mean, we're not
0: going to give it away it
1: seems random and, and of course the it, all, it obviously will raise all sorts of suspicion that he's asking a random drifter with partial memory loss oh. to go look after his niece in a remote island. That seems like a really bad idea all the way around, right?
0: Well, they said that they knew each other. Right. He said yeah. he's an acquaintance.
1: Yes. He said he's an acquaintance and also his landlord,
0: yeah. apparently. So well, they, they knew each other and he thought he could use the money. But, but
1: let's be honest. that You wouldn't ask an acquaintance and, uh, you know, or your tenant to just randomly go to a uh, remote island and look after your niece. I mean, that seems like a little bit of a heavy well, lift there.
0: Well, this, let's say, we're, gonna, we're saying that this niece is an adult.
1: Yes, and they are not
0: asking him to
1: watch a him? five-year-old child. Do you, do you trust, a, a, you know, a renter who happens to have memory and, loss? And therefore that? the harness. Okay, well, that seems like. The
0: harness like... prevented him from going into certain rooms, and one of them, which was hers.
1: Yeah, right, right. And, 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 you know, the other thing, of course, is that she does continuously kind of get into this weird catastrophe catatonic state. Right. But she's just kinda of sitting there. Right. And so, he all
0: they asked him to, he asked him to do was just watch her. Make sure she doesn't get into like any danger or anything like that.
1: Right. Well the fact that she wanders around with a crossbow does make me a little bit unsettled.
0: Oh you yeah, know she's a good hunter. Yeah. You, know? you live on a you live on an <laughs> on island island. And you might have to hunt something yeah, inside you your just house. don't know.
1: Inside your house. That's a little Well bit...
0: she's not wearing a harness. She could go out. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, so this all is amounting to a lot. But That being said, I agree. I think the plot, obviously, very minimal, but still enough twists near the end of the movie. I really did enjoy the kind of controlled environment because it was really all inside that house on purpose. kind of creates this growing sense of dread and claustrophobia, not unlike what Olga's dad supposedly went through before killing himself. So they really are trying to, in some ways, incite those feelings in the viewer that might have been significant to other aspects of the film early on and, and how they arrived at this point. I also think they did a great job of framing the scenes with darkness. They really did kind of sort, you know, focus your attention only directly ahead of you. They gave you zero peripheral vision, which I think was great because it, it, it helped them on a budget, because this was definitely a All small right, budget yeah. movie, build a sense of dread because you can hear a lot but you can't see it. Right. You can't see it. It's all off screen. Mm-hmm. And because they really do frame the scene in darkness, it's very difficult for you to get any peripheral vision. And, of course, I, I, would, be, I would not be uh, doing this uh, movie justice without mentioning the toy rabbit, yes. um, which was um, absolutely frightening. Uh, and I think that using that kind of electronic drum, and just so everyone knows, it's not giving anything away, when, when something is happening, the drum will just go off. They don't explain what it yeah, is
0: they don't at first. It
1: but but the drum will just kind of go off. So it's almost like a detector of some kind, but the right. fact that you don't and know
0: She uses it that yeah, way too. Yeah. Like she holds it out in front of her as yeah. she walks around. While she walks around, she's holding it and she and then when it starts going off, that's when she stops.
1: Right. It kind of reminds me of the use of an aliens of that det- alien detector. You can't see them, but you know they're getting closer. Yeah. You know, and it creates that sense of tension that was the toy rabbit. Yeah. Yeah. So that's basically the alien detector done cheap. Right. But <laughs> but
0: also like the The look of the rabbit, I really like. Yeah, like it wasn't just like some fluffy. No, it was pretty weird and ratty. I thought it was a rat. It wasn't like the Energizer Bunny. No, not at all. It was like a looked like a very old type of like voodoo type doll.
1: Yeah, it looked uh, really ratty, (laughs) like a rat. It it would look like a
0: voodoo type doll made out of like what, like human skin or something? Well, I don't. I mean, let's let's Uh, not.
1: I guess that would make it even freakier, yes. but, but I, I don't think there's any, there's Ravigan no, there's no way know. of actually knowing that no, for sure. No, yes, we don't know. That's extra detail I think
0: it's not provided I for
1: them. in the movie. So um, uh, with that said, let's uh, what did you like most and least about the movie?
0: Uh, that's funny because what we discussed, I liked the setting of the movie. Yes. And I liked the drumming rabbit.
1: Yes. Absolutely. And what did you like the least about the movie?
0: Um, for me I thought uh the predictability of it. There is a couple of twists, yeah. but I think you knew right off the back who the villain was. Kinda. Well, I I I, I like watching just like the first couple of scenes
1: right.
0: you know, you I kinda knew who the villain was gonna be. Well there's multiple
1: villains really. I mean there's different layers of villains. There's really.
0: layers of villains but for this particular setting where this movie takes place. Sure. There is there's really one villain. Okay. I think there's okay. one villain. All right. And uh, you just kind of, I, it's yeah, the, I mean, I don't want to use the word predictability, but I'm just going to keep going to that word. Well, because, cause I
1: think it's because the plot was so simple. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's it not many characters, just four total characters. Right.
0: There. Right. But like, I mean, like every, like you said, there are like twists in this movie, but yes. even with the twist, right. Like, you know like who's being taken advantage of and you kind of know who is the you know, the manipulator. Right, right. So so,
1: so I, I agree with you. What I like most, of course, is the framing and the scenes and the building of tension. And what I like least um, is the fact that it was very straightforward. I mean, there was, like I said, there are twists in the movie, which I think developed the plot are. more yes. nicely. Yeah. But um, very limited characters. It, yes. could, it It actually set up like almost like a stage play. in Money It could with, have right? been. It definitely could
0: have right. been,
1: yeah. All right. So give it a scare meter, zero to 10, 10 being, oh my goodness, I just pooped my pants and zero being, what was that? A Disney film? <laughs> <laughs> a one. A one. A one. Yeah. What? You was one on the scare meter? I... I
0: did. I didn't think it was potential. I didn't think it was really that scary. Like, oh man. Yeah. I mean, like, I was thinking about it, thinking about it, and I'm like, what would I do? And I'm like, maybe a two. I don't know, but nah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay with a one because, like, yes, the setting was great. I don't know how scary. I would say it was. But, like, my version of scary, I think, is different than your version of scary. Yeah, because I'm
1: I'm giving it a five because I think that the tension that's built is really well done. It's incremental, Mm -hmm. and it builds upon itself, and the the mystery is kind of built around that tension. And I think you kind of get a little bit of anxiety over the tension that they build on there uh, through the setting. And the fact that he knows that our protagonist can't get away. I mean, he literally cannot get away. So I think there yeah. is a, an element our, of like element
0: of horror. I think is okay. Is well, scary I, I think that's scary. Different. And there was a
1: hand, no. there was a, a small handful of um of uh, jump scares as well. All right. But I don't so, okay.
0: So I'll bump it to a two. I'll, I'll bump another. it to a two. All right.
1: Fair enough. All right. So you got a two. <laughs> I got a five. Tell us. Uh, so Rotten Tomatoes um they gave it on the uh, tomato meter an 82 percent, really well done with 49 reviews. Their critics consensus is an effective spine tingler despite clear budget constraints. Caveat suggests a deliciously dark filmmaking future for writer-director Damien McCarthy. Uh, And it has an audience score, surprisingly, a little bit lower at just 50%. So uh, give us your star rating here.
0: Um, I'm going to give it a two and a half.
1: Okay, that's not bad.
0: Uh, You know, it's it's interesting because, you know, I saw that audience review, and I think it is because you go into it with maybe one expectation and you come out with it with another. Right. And I think when someone titles something horror... It, it's. We've learned horror has a very broad spectrum. Right. And I think that's why the reviews came out as it is. Well, it, I think it is a better than average movie. Right. Like for any genre, if you, whether you want to say Particularly it's horror on a or it's a budget. thriller, I mean, it, it exactly. Does, you know. Right. The acting, everyone. I thought the acting was really well done. Yep um you know for the budget that they had they found a great setting i did and prop wise with the bunny really like drove it home
1: yeah i agree well i gave it three out of four stars so i know it's slightly a little bit higher i really enjoyed it i think it blended some genres together it kind of crossed this kind of supernatural story with the conspiracy drama thriller so I think that they did an effective job of combining right. those two things. with very minimal um, resources, very minimal budget, very minimal. But active.
0: one of the one of the things was is that like they, didn't, they don't. I mean, they didn't have the time, but like it was never explained.
1: Like well, was, what
0: is it was their supernatural type deal? And they did explain it a little. I remember they 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 certainly addressed in the
1: all end. this stuff right, in but, in the but, end. but but.
0: Not true answer. Well,
1: I say light. It's light on story, but very heavy on atmosphere. I really enjoyed the atmosphere, so I gave it a three out of four. All right. Well, that is what we have for *Caveat*, the 2020 horror mystery thriller, which is streaming on Shudder and AMC Plus. You can go ahead and stream it there, and uh, I think it's worth a stream.
0: I definitely do. All right.
1: Let's go ahead and hit the boxing bell on this part of the show, and move on to the next part of the show, which is the NFL bets that we dare to make for early pre-draft AFC division champions in the 2023 season. And, of course, I will say that again, our own caveat that this is the early pre-draft picks, right? Obviously, things can change after the draft, but we've been through a significant amount of free agency now and, of course, franchise tags, and we have an idea of what these teams look like. So, obviously, the...
0: Small idea. Right, right. uh, And the
1: odds that have been provided by the bookmakers um, Mm -hmm. support that. You know, obviously we have little information, but we um, obviously may change this after the draft. So we'll be back after that. But, you know, if you want to make a bet now, as we are, then here are our picks for the AFC division winners. And we're going to start first with the AFC North. So who do you got there?
0: So um, this is interesting for me because, you know, we discussed this a little beforehand. Yep. And <clears throat> the problem with you know these uh, preseason, I think pre-draft or preseason pre-contract, whatever you want to call definitely it, pick definitely pre-draft is that you just do not know what the final final team is going to look like. Of course not. So okay. um, for me, the AFC North, probably for you too. Um, I really wanted to pick the Baltimore Ravens mm-hmm. for um, for the AFC North at uh, plus two twenty. Yep, and Really, I wanted to pick the Ravens, and only if Lamar Jackson remains a Baltimore Raven.
1: Right, and right now we know he's franchise-tagged, non-exclusive, but he's shopping around. Right,
0: so so this bet all hinges on Lamar Jackson, because if Lamar Jackson is not going to be a Raven, Mm -hmm. then I would have to go with the Cincinnati Bengals.
1: Okay, all right, Right. but you are right now, though, going with
0: say that Lamar Jackson, they're gonna negotiate a contract because I really don't know what the Ravens would do. Or or
1: they'll play or he'll play on the franchise tag. You know, right, yeah, I don't know
0: what he's gonna do. But um that he's gonna stay with the Baltimore Ravens. Okay. And if he does stay with the Baltimore Ravens, I think that they could win they could be number one in the division. Why? Okay. All right. Because Lamar Jackson was injured last season. I mean yes. he played like twelve out of sixteen games. Yep. So And they were only two games behind of the Cincinnati Bengals Mm
1: -hmm.
0: when when the season ended. So what would have happened if Lamar Jackson was healthy and he played every single game? Yeah. I think that there's a good chance the Baltimore Ravens would have sat on top. Yep. So... That is why I'm going to pick the Baltimore Ravens for this game.
1: Okay, all right. So you're saying that the AFC North winner now, just as everybody is well-oriented, the Bengals are the odds-on favorite at plus 135, Baltimore Ravens at plus 220, the Browns at plus 380, and the Pittsburgh Steelers bringing up the rare at plus 600. You got the Baltimore Ravens at plus 220. I got the Bengals at plus 135. So, first of all, I don't think anything changes – this at this point of the year or the preseason of the pre-draft process that changes my view that the Bengals are going to be the most dangerous team in the AFC.
0: You know, I, I, I you know, the, the thing with the Bengals is, is that since, you know, um, they've, their quarterback has been there. Joe, you know, Joe Burrow. Yeah. I mean, they have won the last two out of the three um, seasons sitting at number one. And that's really because the uh Joe Burrow's uh, rookie year, he got injured,
1: and yeah, so he didn't play. of course. Or not so, all of it, at least. Yeah, well.
0: but like, so I understand, and that's why I had a hard time between these two teams. Sure. And the Bengals, definitely
1: very strong, yeah. but
0: I don't see that the Ravens are that much weaker.
1: Yeah, I know, and, and I, I don't totally disagree with that, but I will say that on uh, in terms of offense, the Bengals just have way more weapons, because you know, they have Joe Burrow, they have Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, they have Tyler Boyd, they have Joe Mixon, and they just signed left tackle Orlando Brown to a four-year, $64 million deal. You know, Brero was running for his life two seasons ago, and he made it work. Uh, He managed to take less sacks last season and less QB hits and QB hurries by speeding up his delivery from snap to throw, and that worked very well for him. But with Brown coming in, I can only imagine how much better Burrow can be if he has a solid left tackle and time in the pocket for his receivers to get downfield for him to diagnose defenses more. I mean, you can't ask for better weapons than Chase, Higgins, Mixon, and Boyd. And you know, you look, you flip it over to the. Brown, I mean to the uh, Ravens. Ravens, and like, who do you have there? You know, you, you don't really have I a agree, lot. I agree,
0: I agree, but like they still have time to really fix it up, uh, yeah. Because they still have free agency pickups.
1: They have the draft coming up. Of course.
0: I mean, they can really get those like uh, skill players that they need. And to and who draft. knows?
1: They may be able to get it in the draft, but right. I'm just saying, just based on what we know today and free agency, and the Bengals also fixed their defense because they were a um, surprisingly solid. Secondary, surprisingly solid defense um, during the regular season and the playoffs. They really stepped up in the playoffs. And they added safeties, Jesse Bates, the third, for a four-year, $64 million deal, and Von Bell for a three-year, $22.5 million deal. That should shore up an already just darn right rock-solid secondary. And I just feel like they're really building in all the right places. Um, the Browns and Steelers, like I said, huge question marks. Oh, yeah. part 2022 season, I would never bet, bet on them. Yeah. Ravens, I guess, uh, I would agree with you if Lamar Jackson's coming back. But, like I said, currently franchise tag, seeking other opportunities. He's unhappy with them. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen there. But even if he plays, I still feel confident in the Bengals. I,
0: I think I, – I, I'm going to say, like, if, 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 he, if he remains there and – they really build that team depending on what they do. I mean, they've been very quiet right now with the pickups because they've been trying to negotiate this contract right now. Right. And so you just, uh, and you just don't know. And I, and like, like you said, like the Bengals were a dominant team last season and the Ravens were only two games shy of being number one. I mean, like, you know, like that has to tell me. And they had like practically no one last year as well. No, that's very true. So I think like he is like Jackson is, like, is a key component to the Ravens. And yep. if the Ravens, if he's not there, then yes. Cincinnati, they are going to just, like, take this division home. Right. But, you know, and on a side note, I, you know, I would never, if I had to knock one team out, it would have to be the Cleveland Browns because <laughs> I just don't want to see Shumel to all succeed. And, and I don't, I don't just, know
1: if he will anyway. I just, so I don't even know I, that's a I, problem. I'm waiting for him to he's just gonna, like fall on his butt. We're well, going to write but, out yeah. his super overpaid guaranteed contract yeah, and yeah. we'll see where it goes. All right, let's hit the boxing bell on that. Let's go to the next division, the AFC East. So just to give us everyone a little bit of orientation here, the AFC East has the Buffalo Bills as the odds-on favorite at plus 125, New York Jets at plus 230, Miami Dolphins at plus 370, and the New England Patriots bring up the rare at plus 700. Who do you have as the AFC East division winner pick?
0: Um, you know, this division is really interesting to me because of the potential you know, intro to Aaron Rodgers sure. in the in the Jets. Sure, yeah, I So don't that makes it very it. interesting. Not that, the, I, and in all honesty, even if Aaron Rodgers gets to the Jets, I don't think they're going to win the division. But mm-hmm. I just think the the division with these teams is just something that I am very interested in watching. It's this fascinating. Year. Yeah, Absolutely. It's just just because of how Tua did um, last year. Yep. And I'm just, like, dying to see what the Patriots do uh, this year. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, so far they say Mac Jones is still going to be their starter. But, I mean, like, the Patriots have been just, like, two steps behind yeah. since Tom Brady left. Well, and, no, no
1: surprise there, and, obviously. And, you know, and <laughs> honestly,
0: like, Matt Jones is not the answer. If they're going to stick with After him. After the
1: first year, it looked like he might be. After you know, the second year, not so much. Good
0: for him, but, yeah. like, yeah. So, obviously, my pick is going to be the Buffalo Bills. Okay. Uh, Yeah, the Buffalo Bills, Um, they've finished, you know, the last three seasons um first in the division mm-hmm. with uh, Josh Allen mm-hmm. and last year they finished with a 13 3 record no team came even close to that yep. not i mean i'm sorry even with their even with like all the injuries they had in the you know the later later part of the season yeah. they like the team still could just not keep up right. so uh, i just i i have to say like you know even though like you know the buffalo bills you know, the biggest loss for them was their defensive coordinator. They, he was sure? taking off a year, yep. and um, their linebacker also, um, Jermaine Edmonds. Yeah, he went to the Bears. Yes, he did. But I mean, like they could they could find uh, plugins for you know like for Edmonds. So I don't see that thing that much of a problem, okay. Um, but like the team is still the team. You know, if you, if you talk about how Cincinnati is still the team, like the Bills, they're still the Bills. They have their skilled players for the most part. I think Singletary um, has left. Has left. Yep. Um, but that's something that they could, like, pick up either in, you know, free agency or the draft. Yeah, and they the running backs are very
1: deep this year yeah. in the draft. So they can take one late.
0: I don't see how any of these other teams could
1: really just compete with the Bills. Mm-hmm. Well, I um, would – so you're taking the Bills, obviously. I am. I'm going to take the Bills. At yes. plus 125. And I'm going to take a, a bigger swing than that. I'm going to take the Dolphins at plus 370s, because I think they looked unstoppable when Tua was healthy, perhaps in part due to the acquisition of Tyreek Hill, the pair of Jalen Waddle, and they signed slot receiver Braxton Berrios from the Jets in the offseason, which gives Tua yet another target, as well as giving the Dolphins a solid punt and kick returner, and of course, Braxton Berrios heading home, playing in Miami before, so now, obviously, back in his hometown. I think that's a great place for him, and I think that's a great supplement to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. So I think the Dolphins... Are firing in all cylinders on offense, and their running back room comes back as it did before. Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, Miles Gaskins was re-signed, and so was Salvin Ahmed. So there is plenty of room there with the running backs. Uh, interestingly, Mostert and um, Wilson coming from the 49ers, so they basically just took the 49ers' yeah, um, room, uh, running back room, because the 49ers didn't need them after anymore after than Christian McCaffrey. But that being said, uh, I think the Dolphins are well positioned in terms of their offense and on defense they have an absolutely deadly pass rush. You've Bradley Chubb, Jalen Phillips, Emmanuel Ogba, Malik Reed and Andrew Von Ganko. All those guys are starters in any team. Together in that rotation, they are going to give they're going to have fits on the other side of the ball there. Um, in terms of quarterbacks. It's just going to be amazing in terms of the power of pressure that the Dolphins will be able to put on opposing pass catchers, including Josh Allen. And the Bills, you know, I don't disagree. They're probably the most likely to take the division. But a plus 125 payout, I think that's pretty low. And the Jets are still fighting, figuring out how to trade for Aaron Rodgers, as you mentioned. Uh, I don't know if it'll get done or not. They obviously don't have another option at this point. Uh, I'm not ready to take them at plus 230 yet. I just don't think that's a good enough payout for for the uncertainty. But if you're, looking, you know, uh, if you're looking to speculate, I don't mind throwing a few dollars that way. But I certainly don't think he's there in my number one pick. And regardless, I think the Dolphins are as likely to win the division as the Jets, even if they get Aaron Rodgers. So I'd prefer to take the plus 370 payout uh, than the uh, plus 230 to take, to take the Jets. So I don't disagree with the Bills pick. I just like the payout of plus 370. And I think that the, that the Dolphins, if Tua stays healthy, can be quite a force to be reckoned with, both on offense. And now on defense, with what they signed um, in their linebacker
0: court. You know, it's, it's interesting because I think you picked Miami last year too. Yeah,
1: and I was wrong. You were wrong. But Tua and, was injured, and that's not what I'm and, saying. If Tua stays healthy, I think things can. Be and different. I think that's the, one of the funny
0: parts because when they said that Lamar Jackson was up for grabs, Miami was one of the first teams to be like,
1: "Maybe, hey. yeah."
0: <laughs> so, you know, so I think that, you know, that they yes. Tua has flashes. He 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 did a great job last season. I right. mean, like I think he took like a huge leap forward. Absolutely. But I just don't think, and I understand what you're saying about the defense. But like, you know, Buffalo also has a good defense if everyone stays healthy. Of, right? course, of course. I mean, and so it, you're talking about like apples and apples. It's really hard to compare these two teams, except the Buffalo Bills has a better quarterback. Yeah, but the right? payout is so much better. And Buffalo the Buffalo Bills are fixing their, you know, offensive line. They got Connor McGovern. I mean, like, you know, they, they're trying to create that line for the better run game, for the better, you know, Josh Allen game. Yeah. And I think those things like it just adds to why the Buffalo Bills are a better pick because yes, it is a
1: less it's a lesser payout. But it will pay out. But I, I still think that I'd rather take a slightly bigger chance and get a better payout because I'm going to make two and a half times more money if Dolphins win. Yes. And so I, I, like, That's, I like that, that, that combo. It's the combo
0: every year every and, and I'm, and I'm every wrong every year. year I know
1: I'm wrong every year all right so let's move on let's hit the boxing bell on that one and move on to our next division and that is the AFC West I think this is going to be the easiest one of them all who do you yeah, have to I care? think
0: we both agree that the AFC West has to be um, the, uh,
1: the the, the Kansas
0: City Chiefs yes and, mean, and
1: just to orient everybody this the Kansas City Chiefs are at a, a miserable minus 155 yeah, I feel like
0: you're uh, pennies, but right. I mean, you pick any other team, and you might as well just be throwing your money out the window because totally there's great. just no chance. I mean, at least Miami does have a chance, you know, Cincinnati Ravens, they have a chance depending right. on what their team looks like. But like the, against the Chiefs, come on, the last seven years, the Chiefs were number one in their division. Yes,
1: that's right, and of course they it didn't need Tyree Kill. So no, no,
0: <laughs> and you know,
1: I think I think that's crazy. You know, I, I was very tempted to take lots of Chargers at plus oh, three fifty, but but I just. You know, Justin I'm Herbert so didn't. Has, not, has not in any way given me any confidence. He, can he be has consistent. taken such a step back last
0: season. Right. I don't know what happened to and, him. And I, don't, and
1: I don't have any confidence that it's coming back. And, of course, there's some talk about Austin Eckler wanting to leave. So, I mean, if Austin Eckler leaves, then the Chargers are down one of their star players, and I yes. really have no confidence in what they can do. Broncos, I've written off for sure. The Raiders, at, I mean, the Broncos are at plus 460. That's just throwing money away. Um, even though Peyton, um, Sean Payton is now there. I just think that there's no way he turns his team around in no, one year. No,
0: not in one year. No. definitely. I mean, they have so much building to do. I just don't see, you know, it happening. And
1: the Las Vegas Raiders at a plus thirteen hundred. What a great payout! But great payout. Yes. Jimmy G. Yeah. I
0: mean. <laughs> you know, I was, I was actually very tempted to put some money on that. Not so. If, I if you're
1: speculating, yeah, throw yeah. a couple bucks that way at plus thirteen hundred. Like,
0: but like the fact that like Garoppolo gets injured every year. I mean, it is just a shame. No. Right, like his, like it's unfortunate that you know his body
1: just can't cash like what oh, his, the checks he's yeah. writing. But you know, there's the thing though. I just don't understand. I mean, is he really better than Derek Carr? I mean, I I don't know. Yeah. I don't think that's absolutely it. You know, I don't think that's, that's very. That's a really interesting thing because. I don't really think
0: he is. I don't think so either. I don't think he is. And we always say this: if you put the right person, the right person in with the right team, yeah. it is like a lockstep type of match. Sure. They just excel. And I just, I have to wonder if you know, like Derek Carr, just fit into the system, yeah. you know, with
1: the Raiders. He, he might, and and we'll see. You know, we'll see what happens with Derek Carr this season, and of course, the Las Vegas Raiders starting a new Jimmy G. And I mean they still have Devontae Adams and they still have the league's rushing leader, Josh Jacobs. So we'll see what they do I there. Was, but you
0: said like their offensive line was terrible. Yeah, like I, no wonder like Derek Carr couldn't do anything. They're just, because... not, just, just
1: they're not gonna I just not gonna that's not gonna win the division with the Chiefs there. All right, so let's go ahead and hit the boxing bell and go to the last <laughs> division yeah, in AFC. No that was yeah. easy, yeah. yes. <laughs> that gives us to the AFC South. So the okay. AFC South so the Jaguars leading the right way at minus one forty five. Yeah. The Titans at plus two eighty. Colts at plus six fifty. And the Texans bringing up the rear at plus eight fifty. Mm-hmm. All right, who do you have winning the AFC South?
0: You know this one we also discussed. Yeah. And it was uh, between the Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans, and sure. we both agreed that it would be a coin flip. Yeah. Um, because for me, you know, the te- I would want to pick the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if it's if um if uh Ryan Tannehill could get him there. Right. I mean, I, I hate to say it because like he just did so well, you know, before last season, like in previous seasons. Right. But like last season I don't know what it is that he just took like I think it's step back, know. but, but, but hey, part of I it,
1: I mean, it, it's, I mean, it's A.J. Brown wasn't there. That's probably part of it, you know? I mean, they thought that Traylon Burks was going to be an automatic one-for-one, one, and he wasn't.
0: And I think that's the big problem, because when you say that, something like that, right, mm-hmm. and right. then you look at, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs, and you see what Patrick Mahomes does, regardless of what receiver is out there. Well, that, but that's
1: a totally different level it of quarterback, right? It is right? a different
0: level of quarterback, but, you know, the it, it can't just be the skilled players, right? Mm-hmm. It has to be your quarterback mm-hmm. being able to make something happen yeah. as well.
1: Yeah, and kind of helped by that guy. Yeah, but but, so, but but look at what A.J. Brown did for the Eagles. I mean, they catapulted them from it's, did, nobody did, to yeah. Super Bowl, almost um, Super Bowl champions. Yeah. So, you know, obviously, one guy can make a difference, and that guy was on the Tennessee Titans.
0: Yes, and everyone figured it out towards the later half
1: of the season, right? So
0: they and really they, shut him down, but, right, yeah. right? But
1: that being said, you know, the Titans are down a a target. But I, but so, who do you have here? Do you have the? the
0: I I did take the Tennessee Titans okay. just because of the
1: um, uncertainty of Jaguars.
0: Yes, and the odds. Uh, I mean, yeah. What just what we discussed? It was totally correct. Like. The Jaguars are a really young team. Yes. And they did really well last season. They
1: exceeded expectations yeah. for sure.
0: And, you know, I was so surprised at, like, Trevor Lawrence, you know, last year. Yep. Because, you know, I'm not a big fan. No. You know, I, I – And how
1: could you be unless I, you're a Clemson person, I right? want to
0: stay impartial for every player, but there are players I like and players I don't like. Sure. And Trevor Lawrence is just a player I don't like. Right. When I see his face, I just want to smush it in the ground. Okay. So <laughs>
1: A little bit violent, so, okay. But,
0: so, like, I, you know, I, I see that, and I'm like, I do not want it to succeed. Cool. But, like, he just did, I mean, not every game, because he is just so inconsistent. But they were part, they... When I was just like, whoa, like that is not the Trevor Lawrence
1: I know. Right, right. He has had uh, flashes, um, but I think there is an inconsistency there. And so you're taking the Titans at plus 280. I, I mean, am, just for the, the, just odds. For the odds. Yeah, because yeah. the Jaguars at minus 145 is pathetic. I mean, the fact of the matter is you could pick the Chiefs at minus 155 to win the AFC West. Why would you put money on the Jaguars at minus 145? And
0: in and, and, and all honesty, although we don't know what the quarterback situation looks like, I mean, the Titans are really trying to, like, really improve their team, yeah. you know, with defense and the offense, you know, the offensive line and everything, and which they really need a lot of help in. Like, their right. offensive line was terrible last year. But I think they're taking
1: so, some steps forward here. Because right. they did are. sign Andre Dillard, the yeah. offensive tackle, three years, $29 million. That yeah. should help. He should slide in as left tackle there. It's mm-hmm. helpful to both Tannehill and Derrick Henry. Yeah. Of course, King Henry is still there. And let's not forget that Malik Willis mm-hmm. was – you know, in many books, the number one quarterback of the draft last year, he slid and he managed to get him as a, an, on, a, on a song in the third round, and he's in backing up Ryan Handel. Everyone knew that Malik Willis could not start right away, that he needed time in order to learn the system and get used to the pro system that they played there. Um, this is a year later. I think there's some potential here of Malik Willis stepping yeah, in I'm and very, Traylon Burks actually having some sort of chemistry with him.
0: I'm very curious to see what, you know,
1: Malik Willis is going to look like on the field. I mean, cause what we saw
0: the few times last, it was not that impressive.
1: Well, and, and he was un- arguably he wasn't ready for those. Right. Right. Exactly, I mean, those yes. were spot starts. Those were, in, those were because of necessity. Yes. Um, so they kind of put him in there and, and it's a great learning opportunity. I don't think we saw the real Malik Willis on the field yet. And I think that there's some potential for upside there. Um, and of course on defense, they sh- they signed Sean Murphy Bunting at cornerback and Arden key at linebacker. As well, both should really um, shore up a solid uh, defense from last year. Mm-hmm. So I think they're some struggling potential. a little. Last yes, year, yeah. 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 And but I think that also, that's short, like they're, they're, they're getting people at the right places. And, and quite frankly, as we said, the Colton Texans, they have basically little chance yeah. to buy for division, both undergoing major rebuild. Yeah. Jacksonville, I think, will be close. But I still think, as you say, Lawrence, just not, hasn't proven to me, that he can be consistent from game to game. I'm end. just
0: very curious to see, like, what happens to him this year. Like, does it take another step forward? Does it take a step back? Yep. We've seen that. We've seen that. Or like, is he
1: just going to be Trevor Lawrence like it was last year? Right. You know? and, and that may be good enough in some respects, but I don't think it's uh, something I would want to bet on. Yeah. You know? I, mean, I don't
0: know if it will be good enough if he's Trevor Lawrence from last year. Well,
1: you know, I certainly don't think it's worth the piddly return of minus 145. That's <laughs> I, that's that's what I think. I think. I don't think that fairly – that payout does not fairly represent the odds for the Jaguars, so I'd rather take the plus 280 on the Titans. I agree with you there. And that brings us to the end of the show, so let's hit the air horn on the show there. All right. So we did. We made it all the way through. Next time, we'll cover the NFC side of things. So, Joanne, give us your social media so people can follow you.
0: It's at Conclude4You on Twitter.
1: All right. Give her a follow and let her know what you think of her picks. Uh, Obviously, that is a great way to feedback to us if you disagree or agree. Um, Actually, I prefer if you agree. But either way, totally fine with us. As usual, thank you for listening and wasting time with us. As I said, we'll be back next time with our picks for the NFC Division champs. Pre-draft, and of course we'll be back after the draft. We'll kick um, after the draft to tell you how those have changed, and uh, of course I think the odds will be changing at that time, time as well. So until then, watch those horror movie scares, make those NFL bet dares, and enjoy your NFL week.
0: Good luck, everyone.